Hi, Explorers. Thanks for listening to Kids Who Explore Parent Edition. Come along with us as we cover all corners of raising kids in the outdoors. Hi, I'm Adriana Scori. I'm a hiking mom in the Canadian Rockies, Mama to Turner, and CEO of Kids Who Explore. I'm Lauren Rodick Eberly. I'm mom to Collins. We love being outside and exploring between our two homes in Seattle, Washington, and Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Today's episode is sponsored by Elements Outfitters, located right here in Calgary, Alberta, with stores also in Edmonton, Banff, and Victoria. You can gear up your mini explorers in the latest Patagonia kids wear. Our personal favorites at Kids Who Explore are the fleece buntings and zip-ups, the snow pile bibs, down buntings and jackets. Well, let's face it, we love all the items that help our kids get outside. You aren't going to want to miss their beautiful new spring launch with bright colors to celebrate the new season. We love the planet initiatives that are woven into each clothing item. There is a variety of wear for the whole family, Yes, even those rad dads. You can find garments for activities like hunting, fishing, hiking, camping, and more. There is even a whole Western line with the offering of other brands like Filson. Follow along on Instagram at Elements Outfitters or at Patagonia Calgary or Patagonia Banff or Patagonia Victoria. And next time you're in the area exploring, drop in and say hi to the friendliest staff you'll meet or shop online at patagoniaelements.ca. Thank you, Patagonia Elements, for your love and support with our inclusion and planet cleanup initiatives here at Kids Who Explore. You'll find Rook Minnie Hollywell on a given weekend hiking along the Bruce Trail with her toddler, dog, and husband in tow, hunting for mushrooms and sharing her biodiversity knowledge on the gram. With a deep connection to her heritage, a passion to be on the trail, she is also advocating diversity and inclusion in the outdoors. After having her first child, Rook began focusing on how to break cultural barriers that prevent BIPOC from entering the outdoor spaces. Rook is our inclusion manager here at Kids Who Explore, and we love having her on the team. Rook, we are so grateful to have you around Kids Who Explore and to have you on today's podcast. Welcome. Awesome. Thanks, guys. I'm so excited to chat with you today. There are honestly 7,000 topics we could have discussed with you. The topic (laughs) of life jackets was the one that you and I were both sharing intensely on Instagram a while ago, and I thought it would be a very important topic. So that's where we'll start today. Do you want to give a little bit of your background on why you're passionate about life jackets and personal flotation devices? Yeah, what a hilariously like very um, specific interest I have. (laughs) (laughs) um, I've actually been a competitive swimmer for a majority of my life. So I was competitive swimming for about 15-ish years and kind of during that and overlapping the way I got into that was actually through lifeguarding. Um, I was actually a really bad swimmer. I was a kid who was afraid of the water. (laughs) So my parents put me into lifeguard training as a way to kind of build my confidence and, you know, have some friendships and sort of somewhere along the line after, you know, sitting up on a chair for like eight hours a day, I really got like very passionate about watching people make very easily avoidable choices that could prevent you know, scary situations. Wow. I didn't know that background about you. So do you like swimming now? I do. I love swimming. It is like practically part of my DNA. I feel like I like the scent of chlorine better than any perfume. (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, if I get stressed out, the first place I go is usually, it's usually the pool. That is so great. Um, So can you explain the difference between the terms a life jacket and personal flotation device? Yeah. So, um, well, first and foremost, like a life jacket is a piece of safety equipment 
your personal flotation advice can be, I believe just about anything else, but it is something kind of outside of your body. So like a, a life jacket you would wear personal flotation device can be those life rings. It could be a buoy. Pretty sure I have that right. But yeah, no, that, um, that makes sense. And I think there's actually different regulations for what they're allowed to call life jacket or personal flotation device, depending if you're in Canada or the States. And I'm not sure, but where else, but that's where it gets a little complicated, I think. But yeah, for, well, you know, we're just talking about all the things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, because like you can buy, you know, there's a lot of things that are listed under personal flotation devices because they are, you know, literally things that just kind of help you float, right? And the difference, I think, is a safety regulation life jacket actually has like very specific check boxes it needs to meet oh. in order for it to be like a quote Coast Guard approved or, you know, what have you. Yes. Thank you for saying that because yes, I think that is something else I was looking into is that there could be a quote unquote life jacket, but if it doesn't follow the regulations, then they call it a personal flotation device. So that's a yeah. good to look into, like, are you buying an actual life jacket? Okay. Exactly. <laughs> so many details. So on our podcast about water safety, which is episode 57, if anybody wants to refer back, Kaylee Kennedy talked about how personal flotation devices or life jackets are meant to be life-saving devices, and they are not meant to be a replacement for adult supervision, which is probably one of the things you're going to talk about from your experience, or really even a way for people to learn how to swim. So can you talk about Uh, when and where people should be using these devices? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, yeah, exactly. First and foremost, um, the number one drowning prevention tip is don't lose sight of your children (laughs) Uh, or really anyone, uh, you know, for that matter, if you're swimming with anyone who's not a confident swimmer, you know, you should always be within arm's reach for them. Even sometimes confident swimmers, to be honest, like I know my limits and open water is one of my limits. Right. And I think that's most people I can be, you know, Michael Phelps, but swimming in open water is very different than swimming in a pool. And a lot of people, I think, assume you're like, oh, I took like 17 swimming lessons. I'm good. And it's, you know, current weather conditions, all that stuff really impact. And, you know, I know I take my kid to the beach whenever I can, and it's different than the pool. Right. So. And how do you feel about, I know Kaylee Kennedy was saying like, she really just didn't like seeing kids in the pool with the life jackets because it impacted the way they learned how to swim and they kind of came, became dependent on it. So they didn't know their limits in the water. How do you feel about that? As a lifeguard, I would not hundred percent agree. Cause I think it's safer if you're a child, if you were with multiple children, yes, I agree with it on principle. And as a parent, uh, as someone who, you know, is a swimmer, I agree, <laughs> but I think from a safety perspective, you're going to the pool with multiple children. Um, it's a simple device that can save a life. And I think that's more important necessarily than it, you know, at a birthday party, having swim skills, but I think for life, I would agree with that statement. Right. Okay. Yeah. And that's a very good point about how many kids you're. Yeah. Sorry. That was a very wishy-washy answer. I I think it's very like circumstantial, right? Like if I'm going to the pool and I'm taking your kid, I'm going to put her in a life jacket. I don't know what her skill sets are. I'm not going to be responsible for that. But, you know, I think overall in life, yeah, I think teaching your child how to swim is more than just a fun hobby. It's a life skill. Yes. Okay. Amazing. And you did touch on that, but open water swims, we're recommending them 1000% of the time. Oh yeah, exactly. Every single, and it's also like lead by example, right? Like I, I know I was a bit of a cocky teenager slash young adult. Sometimes I can still be. Um, but now that I'm a parent, part of that is modeling appropriate behavior. So every single time I step on a boat, I am wearing a life jacket. One of the things I remember when I was first learning how to kayak, someone told me, 
he's never pulled a body from the bottom of the lake who was wearing a life jacket. Oh, yeah. That one's just always stuck with me because I was that kid who would be like, I don't need a life jacket. I'm, you know, I'm a scuba diver. I'm a swimmer. I can do all this stuff. And I would take off my life jacket and just leave it in my boat or kayak or whatever I was, you know, using at the time. And uh, it doesn't help. (laughs) So got to wear it and zip it up and wear it appropriately. Yeah. Okay. And that's a very good point. Like even on paddle boards and that kind of thing, are you using a life jacket then? I will, because I have a son who I want to model appropriate behavior. Yes. I wear it every single time. If you had asked me this question about like six years ago, I probably would have been like, I'm a confident swimmer. (laughs) But uh, I think with children, you, you have to model that behavior. And so moving forward, and I I tell that to everyone now too. Yeah. This has me thinking because we live on a lake, but it's a man-made lake. So it's not too crazy big or anything. And I don't wish she always, my daughter always wears it, but I don't always wear it if I'm paddleboarding or kayaking in that water, but I definitely would if I was in open water, but maybe I should start thinking about. Yeah. And I, I think it just comes, it comes down to that idea of like our children learn by example. And sometimes they don't have the best discretion because, you know, they're kids and their brains are still developing. And right now she'll listen to you because she's small, but you know, in five years from now or six years from now or seven years from now, you know, they tend to have a mind of their own a little bit. Right. So I think, I think personally, I think it's really important. And I've seen it as a lifeguard where you have a kid who's like nine years old and, you know, is in level three swimming and he's like just super confident. And you're like, buddy, your, your skill set's not there yet. <laughs> right. Is okay. Is there an age and confidence level where you would say kids don't need adult supervision, maybe more so in a pool than in open water? Cause open water, they probably should always have supervision, but. I think that's really kid dependent. I've taught children who are straight up little fish and I've taught adults who flounder. So, um, you know, I don't know if I have like a a solid age that would go across the board. I think you'd need to know your kid. I think it depends on swim lessons. I personally have chosen, I used to teach actually, like we called it aqua tots here, which is just like babies in the water. Uh, So I've decided to teach my son how to swim um, rather than put him into swim lessons. But I think you just have to be able to like talk to your swim instructor, gauge their level gauge your child's maturity and gauge their skill set, right? Like where they think they are mentally and where they are physically might be two different places. And that's okay, right? Like those are just, just like anything else in life, like those skills will catch up. Um, Like my son thinks he can talk in full sentences. I can tell you right now, he does not. He babbles. (laughs) (laughs) Good point. Okay. So going back to these life jackets on Instagram, you were doing an amazing job explaining the top things people should look for when choosing one. Can you go over those a little bit? Yeah, totally. So first things first is always color. You will notice on Coast Guard approved lifeguards, they're always red or orange. This is safety equipment that is non-negotiable. You want to see something that is bright in the water. Doesn't necessarily need to be quote unquote, you know, Coast Guard approved, although that is probably the best like jacket to invest in. But if you're looking for these things and then kind of check off, I think that's you know good enough. But uh, color is most important. I hate, I hate seeing like blue and green life jackets. And for whatever reason, they are always for little boys, it's always blue, green, black for some reason, which are like the three worst colors in the water. And yeah, it's like uh, going into the whole trendy, trendy situation. Yeah. With the tie dye. Exactly. It's like tie dye blue and greens. Exactly. Yeah. I remember, I think you tagged me in one that was like blue and green tie dye. And I was like, what? (laughs) It could not get worse. Right. It literally blends right into the water. It looks like Exactly. Um, I think that that is always um, the most important thing because that's also the first thing um, when you're sitting up on a chair as a lifeguard that the color is obviously like the first thing that tends to register. 
and uh, a really easy kind of workaround with that, which we used to do. Um, I think first of all, it's just better to buy one that already has appropriate colors, but you can take like a piece of um, fluorescent duct tape and you can just kind of cover over those. So if you already have a, a life jacket that you just bought and you spent a bunch of money on it and it's blue or whatever, you know, you, you can work around it. The next thing is a crotch strap. So those are really important. I know every kid on the planet and I was one of these kids who hated it too. And my parents would never enforce it because they'd always be like, oh, it's just easier to get her in the life jacket than to like strap her in properly. Get the one with the crotch buckle. These are designed to be flotation devices, meaning they're going to pull up when you go into the water. And uh, if your child is on the smaller side or, you know, a number of other reasons, it can kind of push up on their neck a little bit. They can slip under it. It's always better to have that crotch strap. It's there for a reason. It's literally not there to, to, to be annoying for your child. It's there to keep it in place. And on that note, also the fit around. So I try to find life jackets that have multiple buckles around the waist. Um, and that's just to get like a nice custom fit. Got a kid who's a little bit chunkier on the bottom or chunkier on the top. That'll kind of help you work the life jacket in, a, in, a, in the best way. Okay. You had also said sizing wise for weight, right? Because that's the same thing as the pulling up if it's too big around them it's gonna pull up and flip over their head right yeah exactly and you know that's one thing that I I used to see all the time is parents who would buy a life jacket and you know a good quality life jacket will run you you know a, a good few dollars and they will buy it for the next couple years consider this a yearly purchase you are buying a life jacket for this season and this season only oh. if they get into it next year wonderful but that's not the purpose. The bigger the life jacket, the less it's going to do to keep your child afloat in an appropriate manner. Now, can you buy them secondhand or like, is that acceptable? You totally can. I was actually going to, that brings me into my next point is the material used. So the most appropriate life jacket should be made out of foam. And that's because if you have a cut or a rip, or for example, you're buying it secondhand and you don't notice that there's a cut or a rip, that flotation device will still operate in the appropriate way. Whereas Right now there's um, a big kick for like inflatable life jackets for whatever reason, which I'm sure you, you could probably figure out is not uh, reliable because if there is a hole or a rip or you buy it secondhand and you don't notice it, usually you won't notice a defect until you need to use it. And uh, that's the worst time to find out that it's defective. Not ideal at all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I exactly. Know, I know you posted to those inflatable neck rings. The look of those just freak me out, but yeah, so I, I don't actually, I mean, yeah, definitely there's parents out there who I think purchase it, assuming it's like, um, like a floaty, I guess I, I would not, I don't think that that is appropriate for like, in terms of a life-saving device. Absolutely not. I've seen them in like baby spas. I don't know. That's up to you, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, in like bathtubs and that with like the pretty young babies and then they put them around the neck. Yeah. I think to be honest, like young babies can learn how to swim. Like they, they're very, they have like natural swim reflexes. So unnecessary, I think. <laughs> right. Okay. And was, was there anything else? I know I interrupted you there. But... Oh yeah. Sorry. No. So uh, on that note, um, you can get these different styles. So you can get, like I said, like a foam, um, you can get an inflatable, which is you pull like a tab, for example, and it'll like, uh, it has condensed or um, CO2 kind of cartridges that'll inflate it. Or you can get the ones that you like physically blow up. I was talking the ones that you physically blow up. That is not appropriate for any age, any swim level. That is if you want to float in a pool with a margarita. <laughs> um, probably don't do that. I don't know. I'm, I'm not your lifeguard, but probably recommended not to. Um, and the inflatable ones where you pull with a tab, those are usually reserved for people who are into water sports, but they are not 
meant to be devices for uh, children, teenagers, or uh, people who are not confident swimmers. So those are for like, you know, wakeboarders or professionals, or if you've been swimming your whole life and you're now getting into water skiing, you know, you might want to purchase um, an inflatable life jacket, but not for a child ever under any circumstance. Brooke, this has been so informative. (laughs) (laughs) Very specific (laughs) interests that I have, I guess. (laughs) This is so good because even you're talking about the, sorry, what is it called? Understrap? Yeah, the crap strap. Yes. People probably yeah are thinking okay there's no big deal but once you get the visual of why that's important it makes so much sense right yeah so exactly when you that up. yeah exactly when you when you think about it you're like oh that's like such a simple like of course duh <laughs> but I think when you're like probably battling a toddler it, it, it must be frustrating and you know the first time your toddler gets into a life jacket it's going to be annoying I think with most things with toddlers for the first time it's annoying but you just got to power through it. <laughs> Right. And what, what are your thoughts on puddle jumpers and some of those other items? I don't know if I'm familiar with puddle jumpers. They're the ones where it's like kind of, um, Oh, the little arm floaties, but then it goes around their body too. That is a fun pool toy. Okay. Uh, That is not a life-saving device. So the only thing that is considered a life-saving device is a properly fitted approved life jacket or a life ring that is usually used by someone who is attempting to save someone who's who's in the water. And 99% of everything outside of that is just for fun. Right. Okay. Good point. (laughs) Do you have a favorite brand? So I actually purchased mine. If you're from Canada, uh, you can go on Canadian Tire. There's like a little checklist. I have it on my Instagram, but just really quickly to go over it one more time. It's color, fit, crotch strap, neck, I guess, kind of pillow or like that sort of like neck um piece that's behind you or headrest sorry that's what it's called a headrest a neck pull and uh you know overall fit those are the things that you're looking for and that headrest is there specifically for infants um, and young swimmers also for you know any swimmer who's not very confident but specifically for those children because it forces the life jacket to flip you on your back and so that way your airways are open and you are able to breathe and your face is not getting, you know, put into the water. So a lot of people like to avoid those too, because they think it's a bit bulky, especially if you're traveling or things like that. I try to keep that on for as long as possible. And I tell adults the same thing for, I realize it looks a little, you know, dorky and lame, but it's there for a reason. And if you're not a good swimmer or you are a drowning risk, that could potentially save your life. That could make a difference even with a life jacket. And that pull tab's there for rescue to be able to yank you out of the water. Right. And not just for storage. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, that's why when people ask about, you know, for example, like those like little like arm floaties or whatever, you have to think about like in a life, uh, you know, drowning situation, how would you actually physically pull your child out with that? There's no handle on it. There's like, it's inflatable. So if they, it pops a leak, what's going to happen. So like, you have to think about it from like a practicality perspective. And that's why I'm like very passionate about life jackets because you were like, there's, life-saving equipment and then there's fun pool toys and then unfortunately people sell you this weird space in between okay and is there like if there's any sort of rip tear or anything in it like that is done 
right? Certainly, like I, I would, I would operate that way. But if your life jacket is foam, you know, a tear is not really going to impact it. But you, of course, don't want something to get waterlogged. So I would say, if there is a rip or a tear, and you're using it for an infant or a child or a teenager who is not a confident swimmer, just replace it. Okay. All right. Is there anything else we should cover in this topic that we didn't already? Um, I think that was pretty much my checklist. And like I said, if you if you have a life jacket already. And you're listening to this and you're like, oh man, <laughs> what did I do? Um, there's some really easy fixes that I think that we can do, like I said, with those like fluorescent tapes and things like that. And like, just the most important thing is it's so tempting because, you know, everything with kids are expensive, but buy the red one that looks hideous and buy it for one year only. <laughs> yes. The, like, again, this has been so informative because there's just that awesome checklist you gave where it's like, hey, just, <laughs> just do this. A quick little cheat sheet. And that way, like, it doesn't have to necessarily have the Coast Guard approved or, or whatever, but if you're looking for those things and they all check out, then, you know, that, that's, that's basically what the Coast Guard approves. <laughs> Yes. Safety first, always around water. This has been very helpful. Thank you, Rook. <laughs> so other than at Kids You Explore, where can people find you to learn more and follow along? Yeah, I'm on Instagram at uh, Rook Mini Hallowell. And I've been starting to get into a little bit more of like public speaking and things like that. So I'm always posting about that and, you know, where you can catch me off the gram. Wonderful. Okay, well, let's end with our final questions. And I will link all of this as well as where to find you up in the show notes so people can find that too. So in the last few months, what was your best purchase under $100? Ooh, the last few months. Um, you know, I recently bought some solid base layers for myself, smart wool. We are coming up to the end of winter, which usually is like, I don't know where, where I am in Ontario, we go through like fake spring. I'm pretty sure all of Canada can relate, yes. but uh, <laughs> it was like so warm two weeks ago and now it's like frigid cold. And I just like, I feel like the base layers are just like the perfect thing to be wearing when you have no idea what the weather is. So I bought some really nice T50 Merino wool base layer sets from smart wool. And I'm I'm loving it. I'm living at them. I'm wearing them even when I'm not hiking. It's great. So good. You can never go wrong with base layers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can you share a book, show, or podcast recommendation right now? Yeah, my book recommendation um, super sucks because we are going through potty training. So I would like to recommend the Oh Crap Potty Training Method because it's been the only thing I've been reading for like a month. My absolute favorite. And she was also on the podcast. So I will link <laughs> her episode in the show notes. She's amazing. It would be worth it. <laughs> Oh, I'm yeah, I've been like, absolutely. I've been going through it with like a highlighter. I've been like studying it. We're going to do potty training uh, next weekend. So yes, I'm cheering for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> not the, not the most exciting read if you don't have a toddler, but if you right. do, <laughs> <laughs> if you do, it's worth it. Exactly. If there was no time or money limit, where would you travel or explore next? So I actually, I was raised, I was very lucky. I got to travel quite a bit with my parents. Um, but right now on my list, um, I've, I've been there before, but we are planning our trip to India, which has been a long time coming because for one reason or another, it's been canceled over the past three years. So we're going to India for hopefully a month around September, October. Zen and my husband, Eric, are you know finally going to meet my extended family and it's going to be, it's going to be a good time. I'm looking forward to it. Yay. That'll be so good. Yeah. Lots to look forward to. Yeah. Hopefully you guys have a podcast on how to travel with your toddler. Cause I will tune in. <laughs> we have one coming up soon on flying with kids. So hopefully come in time for you to <laughs> steal all the tips. 
<laughs> exactly. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for adventuring with us. Please subscribe and share your love by reviewing our podcast with five stars and follow us over at Kids Who Explore on Instagram and all other social media platforms. This podcast is produced by KP Media Productions.